1: The Central City Citizen, a Radio.com original series. Poppy Chula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Wednesday, March 10th, 2021, and I am your host, Professor X. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on the CW's The Flash. Please welcome my co-hosts, Dimitri Wejasinger.
0: What's happening, Central City?
1: And Jeffrey Aruz. Welcome back, Central City and the Mirrorverse. Well, let's jump into our discussion of season seven, episode two, which was titled The Speed of Thought and aired on March 9th, 2021. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. When Barry suddenly gains the power of speed thinking, he attempts to use his new gift to save Iris. While Barry's thrilled with his new power, Cisco is hesitant to trust it. Meanwhile, Eva must face a shattering truth. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 7, Episode 2. The episode was viewed by 991,000 total viewers, and it has 0.3 in the demo. That's down a bit in the raw numbers, but steady in the demo. So let's get on to the episode. Before we deal with the obvious, which is Barry's new power, let's talk about the return of Cisco. Uh, how would you feel, Jeff, about Carlos Valdez being back, and how would you like his opening dynamic with Barry?
2: I really enjoyed him immensely, and I have had a love-hate relationship with Cisco just because of what they've done with him, with the powers and that sort of thing. Uh, but that is the past. Uh, it is now season seven, although it's still. Technically- um, and I, I really enjoyed seeing him back. Like, I missed him. It, it feels like it's been a thousand years since we've seen Cisco His dynamic was on fire. Um, th- his reaction to everything Barry was spectacular. Uh, yeah, I, I missed him so much. And, uh, I, had, uh, let's be real. I had forgotten that he and Camilla were even dating. At one point in the episode, I was like, what? Um... But, yeah,
1: it I was just it was a joy to see Cisco back. Uh, okay, Dimitri, time to think fast. Let's talk about Barry's new power. Oh, you like what you the did. way they represented the power. Thank you. How Grant Gustin played it and how it was used uh, to further the plot throughout the show. So sort of the three elements of the new power
0: sure. um initially, uh, this might be part of the way Grant Gustin played it, but I will give credit what credit's due. He might, I mean, it might have just been the writing he had to work with. He certainly made it convincing. Uh, when he started talking, I was like, I'm going to get tired of that voice real quick. But I do feel like this Barry persona, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, facts is facts, but I do feel like this Barry persona pushed us into some interesting moral situations. And despite the sort of gimmicky beginning, I felt this was one of the more engaging Flash episodes we've seen in a while. Well,
2: it was only the second episode we've seen in a while. I mean, I'm just teasing.
0: most of last season, all of the Cicada season,
1: you know what I'm saying? Uh, Jeff, what did you think about uh, the, uh, the rollout of his new power?
2: I enjoyed it because it allowed Grant Gustin to play a different version of the character. And uh, we saw a little bit of uh, his acting chops in the previous episode. He got to play a lighter character by taking on all of the Wells. And in this episode, we got to see him go stone cold, robotic, emotionless. And... Uh, I would even say, we haven't gotten there, but just a little tease, even villainous. And I like that a lot, Uh, usually towards the end of a season, because I'm still counting this as the end of season six. So usually by the end of the season, we always see kind of like exasperated Barry, you know, really, you know, trying to do his best and, and trying to figure out how to stop the big bad and that kind of thing and uh, since these are the final episodes of season 6 and it's the final episodes of the, the second arc of season 6 something unique that they have done uh, in this um, over this arc is that they've given us a darker berry at the end of those arcs with ramsey he was infected by ramsey and so we got to see kind of like a ravenous zombie-like Barry at the end of that arc for the first half of Season 6, and now technically this is the end of Season 6, this is the last little bit of um, the Season 6 arc, the second arc. And uh, we're getting sort of like a, a slightly darker Barry as well, at least based off of the material that we saw in this episode. And I like that. It's a little bit of a switch up than what we usually see with Barry Allen over the course of a big bad arc. And I, I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm here for it. It's, it's giving Grant Gussin the chance to flex some of his
1: acting chops. And it works, for me at least. I wasn't as crazy about it. Uh I do agree that, you know, it, it uh it gave Grant Gustin the chance to uh to play his character differently, but you know, by the end of it or, you know, really by the uh about a third of the way into the episode, he was playing it so dispassionately, uh, that, you know, it uh it, it struck me as a little bland and it also you know seemed to me that, you know, Introducing this as a new power, it was it made him so OP, uh, you know, so overpowered that, you know, it was obvious that they were going to have to get rid of this power uh, by the end of the episode. It's not something that can stick around because it's basically, you know, a God weapon for any conflict. He just outthinks everyone, you know, in less than the blink of an eye. Um, also, just as a, uh, you know, as, as a purely personal aside, I don't like the trope that, you know, as you become smarter, you become, you know, uh, less emotional, uh, and, uh, and probably more evil as well. Is it any wonder that, you know, me and my fellow evil super geniuses are always building death rays when we have to deal with bullshit like that on a daily basis? That is
2: true. But they did explain it away, though, because uh, remember... They did. They did yeah. bring in
1: the explanation towards the end. To so, so why he uh, was think, emotionless. That, yes. And I think they didn't just do that as, uh, as an explanation. I think if we remember to revisit this, I think they might be setting something up uh, a little Uh-oh. later. Uh, for uh, for the, the future of the Speed Force, which was, of course, you know, getting ahead of ourselves, uh, inactivated, oh, yes. if not destroyed by the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so super smart Barry hacks into McCulloch's server and not only gets the video of Eva's death, but shares it live on TV, because, well, why not? Uh, the team disagrees with that decision, but Barry's already done it before they can weigh in. Uh Dmitry, what do you think about Barry's decision and that the way they were showing the growing dis- distance between Barry and the team?
0: Uh, you're talking about Barry's decision to to, to broadcast, broadcast
1: Eva's death live on television. Okay. Okay.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, it it's interesting because um, we do on the one hand see you know immediate villain exposure, whereas I feel like so many times it's a trope in like, the Arrowverse shows that the villain can't be exposed for whatever reason until the very end or something The the villain is, you know, uh, like, like Tobias well right now, you know, he's basically untouchable. He's like an angel in the public eye, Um, and the like hero team is the only ones who, you know, know his sinister side. So, I do feel that it's refreshing to have sort of um, pivoted a little bit with, uh, with Ava and expose her so soon. Um, it seemed like the team disagreed because it was mean, but I would argue that, you know, she's kind of sinister and is keeping Iris hostage. Um, of the sinister or, or weird uh, decisions that Thinkerberry made. This seemed more justifiable than the subsequent decisions that Thinkerberry Barry made, which I'm sure we'll get into.
2: Well, it wasn't that hey, we are about to get in. An... Well, no, just a, a quick counterpoint to what Dimitri was saying because it wasn't You're killing a beautiful segue. I just want um, you to know that. Well, can I had you get a can you segue? Oh, can you You're say it? Crapping all over it. Can you say it? I'm
1: actually curious now. You okay. ruined it. It okay. flowed perfectly out of what Dmitri had just said, but oh, no, you had to jump in yes. and ruin everything. Well, because Dmitri's wrong, and so I just want to okay. say, well, I in just that wanna... case, I'll go with it. Okay, good. So it wasn't
2: that they were. It wasn't that Team Flash was like that. It's mean that we exposed her. It was that it it um it could have turned into an extremely volatile situation, and I think because they don't have the super speed so they can't think of every single permutation of a single decision being made um, they were like why would you basically poke the bear and Barry was right though I agree with you on that 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 was the best decision and he even explained it you know we have had uh, uh, big bads basically make mistakes when uh, you know they aren't thinking rationally and and that kind of stuff and and so I completely 100% agreed with what he did. Um, I just, I, I, think you kind of made it all kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon as to, what, oh, we don't want to get her mad. It wasn't really that. Um, the thing that I um, also don't agree with you, Dimitri, is that there's only one more episode of this arc. So this is like... I know that this is the start of Season 7, so it seems like it's early, but this is like the end of the arc. So Eva being... Um, Exposed, I think this was the right time uh, because it's going to lead us to whatever the big uh you know uh, cataclysmic clash will be in the next episode, and then uh, you know we'll sweep that under the rug and move into the next graphic novel,
1: yeah, I think you know just from a purely storytelling point of view, once they decide to maintain the uh, uh, the three episodes uh, from the end of last season. I think they were sort of locked into this, but I do think, you know, it is nice to have, you know, the, the villain revealed. Um, and I think, you know, the, the conflict between Barry and the team in that case was one of those situations where both sides are right. You know, Barry was making the, you know, the logical decision that this will throw her off her game. She'll be distracted so we can do what we need to do. Whereas the rest of the team was looking at it more emotionally going, you don't know what this is going to do to her. And indeed they were right as well because it ends up, you know, ending, you know, quite badly uh for everyone at the end um, so we've we've talked about barry's uh you know super thinking his his uh, his speed force enabled brain essentially, what he can do on the basis of this is he can extrapolate situations essentially predict the future, which is you know why I think you know something they have to get rid of it's you know it's it's too powerful to have in addition to his other powers um, but this leads to a a scene that I really like Barry and Gideon are working out that they can't save everyone. Uh, So we get a trick scene with the team voting uh, that turns out to be Barry extrapolating that conversation. So, you know, when you're watching it, you're thinking this is the actual conversation happening. Then you realize, no, that was just all happening inside Barry's inside Barry's head. Uh, Jeff, uh, this this show has faked us out with holograms on more than one occasion. Um, How did you feel about this? Was it a fake out? Did you think it was a, a cheap trick or did you like how it played out? It was a fake out.
2: I was buying into the fake out at 100%. So when we, you know, when he did like a That's So Raven and, you know, came out of his eye and and realized that it was uh, a fake out, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, That's, you know, he explained that he sees stuff, and so that's what he saw. Um, I found it interesting. Um, I, I think at the end of it all, even though he was emotionless because of the speed force and that kind of thing, I think he would have ended up picking Iris anyway. I, I think the the big controversial thing would have been uh, to to pick the other two, um, which I think Dimitri uh, maybe would have been hella pissed throughout this entire podcast. So... I um, so, would have indeed. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah... Um, it was, visually, it was really interesting what they did in this episode to sort of allow us to try to understand Barry's speed thinking. Like, we saw him coming out with the whiteboards and, uh, you know, having them already written and trying to explain to the people. We saw him in his mind, kind of, like, seeing everything that Cisco was writing. Now we saw him sort of going over, like, actual scenarios in his brain. And it, it was really neat. I, I liked it. I do agree, Professor, that I thought, okay, so they're going to have to, like, neuter this big time because this is just way too much like it made sense for this part point of the season because uh, like they really didn't know how to get into the mirrorverse, so they needed someone to figure that out and this was their out to figure it out um so it worked for that but it, it was not something that we could see on a consistent
1: basis uh, I want to talk a little bit about Barry's decision uh, in a second, but before we get to that, uh, Dimitri, I just wanted to bring you in because uh, we got the return of uh, Caitlyn Snow, uh, Killer Frost, or just Frost now. Sorry, she's not a killer anymore. Apparently, uh, showing up uh, to take on uh, you know the Mirror Master. Uh, what did you think about the uh, the return of uh, uh, of Frost? Were you surprised? Were you delighted? You're asking him if he was delighted by Frost.
0: I was surprised. I was not delighted. Please bring Caitlyn back. Oh, Lord. Please stop what making us watch White Wake Caitlyn. I would love to see just Caitlyn has Killer Frost powers, but is otherwise herself, which they're kind of doing, but not really. Um, so, yeah. First of all, I was hella tight because... We had a little bit of a hint on Monday that Barry and Black Lightning had interacted. And so when Barry was like, hold up, I brought in a little muscle. I was like, oh, we didn't get the crossover on that episode. Is Black Lightning going to pop up on this episode? No. But no, we got white nonsense instead. And oh, I Lord. was... Very disappointed. Um, I miss Claitlin Snow. I miss, you know, like, her sort of personality, especially I think would have been great as a counterpart to Stone Cold Barry. Um, I find Killer Frost very tiring. Um, make it stop.
2: Stone Cold Barry. I liked Killer Frost, um, if
1: anybody wants to know. Uh, Dimitri's just a hater. I think you know I, I, it's it's interesting to think about the fact that you know if this hadn't been you know uh, shot you know months later you know because Daniel Panabaker uh, was off on, on maternity leave uh, you know she was obviously pregnant I don't think they could have brought her back to do this oh yes um, yeah if they'd shot it in sequence. Big time. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all of this must have been something they added to it. And I do wonder whether, like, maybe in the original version of it, uh, maybe there was someone else uh, who was brought in. You know, the muscle might have been, you know, someone else. Um, but uh, I. Th- then again, I, you know, they, they sort of ran with it. We'll talk more about the action sequence in a moment. Um, but before we get to that, so I did, I mentioned, you know, my complaint about Barry was that, you know, you know even though he was this this logical creature he was still making the decision that you know we rescue iris i thought it would have been much more interesting if based on pure logic you saved the two not mm-hmm. the one it's essentially the trolley problem and i think that would have made more sense and they sort of you know justify it on the grounds that she's been there longer she'll have more intel but that was that felt like just covering for the selfish decision to save iris but if he's selfish then he's not being truly logical um, and, and I felt like they could have dealt with that a little better than they did. Oh, that's a very good point, Professor. And I agree with you. Uh, it would have been
2: hella controversial. I, yeah, I just
1: Like, wouldn't it have been interesting if he said, no, we have to save the two, not the one? And then the rest of the team was like, but Barry, that's your wife. Or Barry, that's Iris. Or Barry, she's been there longer or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it sort of fell into the predictable. Obviously. Uh, Cisco is going to say save Camilla. Obviously, uh, you know, they're, they're going to say save the two rather than the one. I think it might have been more interesting if purely logically, because, again, purely logically, th- the right thing to do is save two, not one. True. So, Twitter? You know, I think they kind of missed a point of having him play against type there.
0: Twitter would have died. I think part of the Twitter would have died. type is to absolve him of this decision because – Now, well, we get Iris back, although we'll deal with the condition she's in. But also, like, Barry didn't make a selfish decision. So, like, I think, you know, if he was married, this would have been a really interesting play out. But would have been, you know, a very difficult play out. And because he's married, he could well have gone for the two and not the one. But, you know, this way, he has Iris back. But, you know, he wasn't of, you know, to some degree of sound mind when
2: he made that call. Oh, Twitter would have erupted had he picked Camilla
1: and Sing.
0: I would have been part of that Twitter eruption. Yes.
1: Although it would have been, you know, it would have, you know, we were talking about, you know, Grant Gustin getting the acting decision. It would have been, you know, an interesting thing to play of him. Being so close to getting his wife back, but realizing the heroic thing to do is save two instead of one, Um, you know, uh, I think it would have been, uh, you know, an interesting uh, challenge for him, but hey, you know, we didn't get that, so uh getting back to uh, the main plot smart barry gets caught out by cisco which leads on to a full out fight between flash and uh the team flash uh so jeff uh you're not a, a frost hater so what did you think about the scene the whole babel protocol designed for a barry goes rogue i assume uh and uh you know the strategy they had of, uh, of frost injecting herself with uh you know speed drug and we get a uh, uh a very interesting fight scene
2: I never thought I needed to see a uh, super speedy Frosty. And I loved it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was fun. I mean, clearly, I mean, it was incredibly dramatic, because we have to take down Barry, and that sort of thing. But I thought they did a really good job with it. Um, I would have never imagined it's, you know, Frost uh, taking uh, Velocity X. And uh, yeah, like that just completely for me came out of nowhere. But it worked. Um, I, I guess, you know, it maybe it was a fever dream for uh, the showrunner during quarantine, you know, as he was sort of tinkering with this episode, realizing that uh, Danielle Panabaker would be back and uh, they gave her something big to do. And uh, I really enjoyed it when they all sort of like came out of nowhere and they were like, you know, there's something wrong here. Uh, I I really enjoyed that. Uh, I felt like it took them a minute to really realize that Barry was emotionless. Like, I noticed the change immediately. I, I feel like maybe we all noticed the change immediately. And so that it took Cisco like, halfway through the episode to finally be like, hmm... I don't think Barry's really can like Bear. Like, I was like, okay, like, it's a TV thing. I get it, but I, I felt like they should have noticed it just a teeny tiny bit uh, faster. But uh, it did lead us into a really neat um, visual uh,
1: showdown. They did do a, a you know, I think uh, Grant Gustin did a pretty good job. I've said, you know, before, you know as far as stretching your acting chops, you know, playing emotionless is not the greatest stretch, but I, I think he did a nice job of, you know, just changing his physicality. Uh, you could tell by the way he was standing. Uh, it was different as he became more rational, the way he moved. and noticed even, you know, the way he would exit a room, uh, you know, seemed different, more measured. Uh, and certainly, you know, the way he would stand when he was talking to people uh, was quite different. So I think there might've been a more gradual, uh, a sense of the change coming on that they wouldn't have noticed. Uh, Dimitri, uh, you, you hate Frost, but uh, did you like the fight scene? You know he loved it when Frost got shot by Eva. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh.
0: It, it was, was just so a story
1: there was like, a, a car there to break her fall.
0: <laughs> when Cisco was like, Barry, how come you let her get shot? I was like... Barry, no no explanation needed
2: Well no, uh, you could have said that that was a Frosty Co moment
0: uh, I'm here for Kate Co not Frosty Co that's, that's what I'm, uh, I'm putting out into the ether but I also okay. love Camilla so uh, get Camilla out of the Camilla's Miriverse. dying,
2: so leave her alone
0: Get Camilla out of the Mirrorverse and you can leave Frosty in there Oh my god! And we're even. Um. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I kind of want to shade them for this, but so, well, I'm gonna be shady, but I'm a I'm gonna be fair. The Killer Frost Barry fight sequence looked a little extra janky. I'm gonna say they probably had to do a lot of this on budget with limited resources. Um. So like. At times, I was like, "Bruh, this straight up looks like The Sims. But um, I'm inclined to be like, all right, they they had a lot to do. And, you know, part of this was probably done during COVID. Limited resources. uh, We'll give them a pass on that. Otherwise, it was a very interesting fight. Um, I I didn't know which way it was going to go. And, you know, Barry versus someone who has taken velocity x is a is an interesting conundrum i also feel like um it's kind of interesting because i think in season three uh cisco had put like you know sort of a self-destruct measure into barry's suit in case there was ever evil barry oh, yeah. um and it, it just occurred to me like oh well uh, you know that's not the worst idea in the world maybe not self-destruct but at least like instant tranquilize or something.
1: Yeah, I agree, Dimitri. I, I like the idea behind the fight scene, but uh yeah, it did feel a little too uh uh too much more like a computer game uh than an episode of tv but having said that you know i did like the spectacle of it and you know when you were getting the close-ups of the characters uh it looked pretty good and cool and and you know the whole idea of of having something like a babel protocol you know just in case barry goes rogue or something like that it's nice to see that you know they have been planning for that um so, before we move on to the, the big uh, element of Iris' rescue, which is what all this fighting was about, let's talk about Iris in the Mirrorverse. Uh, she manages to get Singh and Camilla together for the rescue, but both of them are in a bad way. Um, uh, Dimitri, we didn't get a lot of Mirrorverse Iris, but she does seem quite different from what we were seeing a few episodes ago. Is this just her acclimating to the Mirrorverse, or is there maybe something more? Could her time in the Mirrorverse, do you think, maybe be changing Iris?
0: Do Canadians say acclimating?
1: This Canadian does. I see. I see.
0: Oh, um, nah, it's just fascinating. I, you know, sometimes I hear people randomly pronounce words differently, and I'm just like, I've always said acclimating. So, go figure. Um. Anyway. Uh. So I. It it was strange. I do feel like they're building up to something here. It's not just like. Oh, I've been in the Mirrorverse so long, it's starting to feel like home. Like, it, it does seem like she's maybe, you know, in tune with the Mirrorverse, sort of connected to the Mirrorverse. It doesn't seem like she's sort of becoming the Mirrorverse. We're not seeing a diabolical Iris in a way that, to some degree, we saw a diabolical Barry this episode, but it does feel like something is being set up for her. I wonder if now she can't live without the Mirrorverse. I wonder if that's what we saw at the end. Oh, Lord. Iris is the
1: woman in the mirror. Um, at, at any rate, uh, Barry does manage to open the portal and he expects Iris to just hop obediently through. But there's no way our Iris would leave Camilla and Sing behind. Logic be damned. So the conflict between them was predictable. Uh, but how do you feel about how it played out? Uh, Iris is able to resist. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, even though she seems to be winning, she's then pulled through. Uh, so, uh, Jeff, and then uh, Dimitri, because it's an Iris-related question, I'll expect you to weigh in as well. But, Jeff, how would you feel about how that scene between Barry and Iris played out and uh, how it resolved, not with what happened once she got through the mirror? You know what? Like, we've been wanting
2: Iris out of the mirror for, like, a thousand years. It's been a long time without you, my friend. Like, it's, it's been so long. And... There was a part of me that was excited that she was outside of that damn fucking mirror, but we have Camilla Singh who clearly have been affected, and I'm I liked the explanation because Iris was pulled into the Mirrorverse via Eva, that uh, that's why she she was able to sort of in essence acclimate, and. Uh, Singh and Camilla were pulled in because of the mirror gun, and so their reaction is different. I will say, story wise, it was a little hokey. We see Singh come in; and he's got the glass eyes, and he's like, "Oh my god!" And then you know they make the realization; they're like, "But I was pulled in by the mirror gun too." And then all of a sudden, she's you know on the floor, and I was like, "Oh god!" So at that that moment for me was a little bit too. Ugh. But the choice at the end, I mean, clearly we wanted Iris out, and we got Iris out, but we have two people that we also want out. So uh, clearly the finale is going to be about getting them out as well. Maybe what the professor was sort of alluding to, maybe Iris might be the one that saves them which we we have discussed over and over as Iris has been stuck in the mirror, is it going to be Iris that saves herself? Like, do we want Barry, in essence, to save Iris, or do we want Iris to figure out a way to save herself? Because that gives her agency, it shows that she isn't just the damsel in distress, and clearly they went the route of Barry saving Iris in this episode. But, will Iris figure out how to save... Uh, Camilla and Singh Will she find out a way to maybe even cure them of, is it neural desonance that she, they're sort of experiencing? It isn't really what we sort of thought neural desonance was, so is it just sort of a weird reaction because they were shot into the mirror with the mirror gun? We'll have to wait and see, but I think Iris will be the key in rescuing, rescuing them and maybe even... Um, curing them or or fixing them moving forward. Now does that mean that I want Iris with powers? I don't know. I'll leave that with a question mark because it depends on how they do it. Uh, So I I trust the writers. I'm sure they'll write something fantastic for Candace Patton. Um, Maybe Iris will get a supersuit. I don't know. Uh, Or is this just going to be a temporary thing because right now she has the connection to the mirror and the mirrorverse. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Clearly something's going on because she's convulsing at the end, which that's usually not a good thing.
1: Uh, Dimitri, what was your thought on that? And let's go on as uh, as Jeff has, has uh, gone ahead to the convulsing. Uh, because after that conflict with Barry, uh, you know, through the portal, Iris is in the regular verse, you know, the non-Mirror verse. So she collapses, and I'm sure you're like me. He don't like seeing Candace Patton flopping on the floor like a fish. Neither did Barry because the shock is what snaps him out of his uh, Spock flash persona. Uh, He zaps the artificial speed force. Hope they can fix that. He gets zapped with electricity in return. He collapses uh, as we almost end the episode. We'll talk about the teasers in a moment. Uh, But basically we are in the penultimate episode of season six slash seven. Uh, All of team flash is knocked out unconscious on the floor uh, Iris is flopping for life. Camilla and Sing are on the other side of the mirror, uh, dying. Yes. Uh, what are you expecting for next week? Is that
0: confirmed? Is is next week the sort of season six finale? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm expecting Candace Patton to wake the fuck up. Um. Oh, okay. I I am curious if there's some sort of conundrum of she can't live without the mirrorverse now. Um I am expect, I'm wondering if Chester is going to play a role since Barry knocked out all his other friends. He has to rely on his new one. Um Yeah, uh I, I I'd be interested to see if it's because like she can't live without the mirrorverse or the fact that she tried so hard to resist being pulled out of the mirrorverse to save Camilla and sing that you know that's what sort of um harmed her so it'll be it'll be interesting um th- it seems like there's a lot to resolve this finale um I do hope we get Caitlyn back um I'm sure Cisco will wake up um Yeah, I would like to see Iris sort of take more of a lead on saving people. Um, But honestly, I'm not sure. I thought it was very interesting that Cisco is back and Chester is gone. I'm wondering, you know, what that's going to be like going forward. Um, I was wondering if, you know, this is a way to give Carlos Valdez a reduced load. Um, are they gonna take turns being Barry's like techie, friend? Um, yeah, I, i'm I'm interested to see if we see Chester and Cisco in the same episode on the finale as well.
2: Are you saying they're the same person?
0: I'm saying I wouldn't put it past the writers to have interchangeable techies.
1: And Jeff, what's your prediction for next week, the season finale of season six of the Flash? I know, right? Well, clearly they're
2: going to rescue the damn people. Clearly they're going to take down Eva. How they're going to do that, I don't know. I do think Iris will play a role in saving, as I said, uh Singh and Camilla. So I think that's is pretty much guaranteed. How they take down Eva, that I don't know. Uh yeah, I I like are they just going to like shatter her? Like uh, I don't I don't know how they're gonna get rid of her, um I'm trying to remember how they got rid of mirror iris. I just remember her like collapsing in Barry's arms and then she shatters. But what is it that triggered that? um so maybe if they can figure that out and they can do that to Eva because she's the mirror duplicate um yeah, uh, maybe that's how they'll g- get rid of her. I don't know. Uh, clearly, they got to save the people. They will get rid of Eva. Everyone will be okay. Barry does need to find Speed. Um, so hopefully there's a couple more Velocity X or something. I don't know. So they, at least he can he can take down Eva. Um, I, I do think they need to fix that in the next episode as well. So we do have some big things to handle in the next episode. But I'm sure they'll... They, they, I mean, they got to take down Eva. I mean,
1: 100%. So that will happen in the next episode. For sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if it can happen in the next episode, but I think one thing they're setting up to is, you know, they mentioned the idea that, you know, because they uh, they used uh, uh, an emotion barrier, essentially, in the Speed Force. Um, you know, that's why uh, Barry was becoming hyperlogical. Um, so, my gut feeling is that we're going to go back to, you know, what I said, you know, last season, uh, which is that this would be a Speed Force powered by love. Yes, by love. Um, <laughs> And I think they sort of, they almost have to that. And let's remember, Barry was the avatar of love. Literally. So, you know, yeah. you, you can't just leave that lying out there. And I do think I do wonder to myself, like maybe, you know, he'll be doubting himself. He, he won't be able to do it. And I'm wondering whether this is why they introduced Camilla's new power, Camille's new power um, a couple of episodes ago, uh, because she has the ability to project you know, uh, you know, a rush of, of empathic emotions into someone. So if uh, if Barry can't quite get there, but Camilla uh-huh. or Camilla, why do I keep calling him Camilla? But if Camille can, you know, sort of, you know, summon up, you know, the, the love of the rest of the team and project that into Barry, that could be what pushes him through to uh, to restart his new love powered speed force. Just putting that out there on front street. Uh, so we get two closing scenes. Let's deal with Eva first. Uh, we kind of talked a little bit about that, but, uh, we may as well deal with that before we get to the, the big reveal. So after she's exposed on TV, she retreats to her office, uh, where her cliched hugging of her knees and rocking back and forth, talking to herself clearly indicates she's not well. Uh she seems to decide that uh, this isn't her world but she'll make it her world by making into the mirrorverse one canadian day player at a time. Uh so Dimitri <laughs> what do you think about Eva in the episode overall? Uh is this the is it this, this is kind of the first episode we've had of her dealing with the realization that she's not the real Eva, that she killed her husband wrongly, uh that she's a, a being from essentially another universe. How did you like how Eva, she didn't get a lot of screen time uh, in the episode. We got, you know, the uh, the scene with uh, uh, Rachel Maddow 2.0. Uh, we got uh, one fight scene. Uh, and then we got this closing scene. But how are you feeling about Eva as we prepare, presumably, to say goodbye to her next episode?
0: Um, I, I do think it's interesting how we got the whole, you know, she's the reflection. I do think, you know... This is setting her up for some sort of, you know, world takeover next episode. So, um, I'm interested to see that play out. Um, I, I wonder, one thing that they hint at but don't fully address is, I think uh, Iris says to her that she still has feelings for her husband. So, I wonder if some degree of uh, defeating Mirror Eva will be appealing to that love. It did seem to some degree like Mirror Iris had some sort of genuine feeling for Barry. Um, and I wonder whether Mirror Eva like, will be dealing with some sort of regret over the fact that she killed her non-Mirror husband. <laughs>
2: That's a whole lot of whole lot of... Can I just say, I was insulted when Cisco called that lady Rachel Maddow 2.0, I was like, she was nothing like Rachel Maddow. And that lady was overacting her little heart out. Like, I was, yeah, I was like, that's an insult to Rachel Maddow. Because
1: that lady was not a serious journalist. Um, so, well, uh, leaving that aside, uh, what did you think about uh, Eva in the episode? She's been our big bad, uh, for this particular graphic novel. Uh, we assume things are going to wrap up, uh, next episode. Uh, how do you think they're, they're setting things up for her? I actually really enjoyed
2: her in this episode. I, I feel like she, as an actor, does a really good job when Eva's unraveling. And we saw bits of that in the Mirrorverse, like when she would be scratching herself. And like we saw kind of like the manic side of Eva in the Mirrorverse. So seeing it now in the quote-unquote real world... Was really nice. I, I enjoyed that. I, I loved uh, seeing her at the start, where her uh, one of her minions was like questioning her, and then she had to like in essence reassure her. Then seeing her in action, taking out one of the uh, one of her husband's sort of like secret bases, I thought was really cool. Then of course she unraveled on national television. So by the end of the episode, she was like a mess. She was like in a puddle of just neuroses. And, uh, it was really good, um, the little tease at the end, as cheesy as it was, cause it was hella cheesy, like, I get that they were going for, like, a horror movie vibe with, like, the woman screaming, but, um, it just, it sounded like such a fake scream to me, it was like, ah, I was like, oh god, did they really have to go that, you know, having the scream while the damn Flash logo, Um, is flashed on the screen. Uh, I was like, that was just a bit too much. Fortunately, what we're going to talk about next was a bit of a saving grace over that uh, clearly uh, dubbed-in scream.
1: Well, with a segue like that, how can I resist? We do get a flashback to the very first season of The Flash, where we see the OG Harrison Wells being copied by Eobard Thawne. Thawne takes his face and leaves Wells a dried out husk. Uh, this was, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure this was shot differently. Like This was reshot because it was a, a very different looking scene from how we've seen it before. Um Uh, So Thawne takes the face and leaves well as a a dried out husk, as I said. Nothing new there. But then we see Thawne bury the body with the super speed. uh, And then we apparently flash forward to the present where some sort of glowing green particles from O.G. Wells's grave rise up and reform. What looks like Harrison Wells? Um, I got to admit, when I was looking at the grave, I was sort of expecting a hand to shove up out of the dirt. um, Glowing green particles will do. Jeff, how do you feel about the reintroduction of a Wells so soon after what we thought was the death of all the Wellses and this particular version of Harrison Wells? That's a lot.
2: Um, Okay, Well, the hand reaching out, I think, after that scream that was dubbed in. I mean, it would have been appropriate. But, okay. The thing that I thought was kind of weird about how this was set up, it was like, once upon a time, dot, dot, dot. Uh, I thought that was a weird choice. I wish that they would have said like a year or something like five. What? How many years ago? It's season seven, so maybe six, seven years ago. Or, or when did Wells? know? because he didn't die at the start of this. Well, that's just that he, he did
1: die. It, it, it's difficult to sort of nail down the time frame because. Thawne had been impersonating yeah. girls for for years, for years, in order to get the uh, the accelerator built. So, well, even you know, if they the, would have the said the timing of it might have been a little dodgy. I guess you could trace it back to. I mean, it would have been the same time that uh, Barry's mom got killed, so you could trace it back to then. True. I mean, even if they said fifteen
2: years ago or many years ago, I would have liked that more than "Once Upon a Time" because "Once Upon a Time" sort of it, it made me question what we were watching for a moment. Like it made me. It made it seem like are we in the past or are we on a different earth? You know what I'm saying? Like it just, it muddled, it muddied it a little bit for me at least. Um, So what, when we saw what happened, like the, the green particles, because I was confused also was like, is this present day? Because they didn't say like present day, you know, at the end of it. Um, I was just like, well, what does this mean? Um, Clearly, I'm assuming it means that the universe needs a Wells alive, maybe. Um, So if this is, if he's showing up in present day, which I guess that's what we are to assume, this is going to be in the OG Wells with a sort of like, his, his, his slate is clean. Like he, does he know about metahumans? Like, has he been sort of like, Um, reconstructed with some of the Wells' knowledge. Um, He was a brilliant mind before all of this, uh, from what we've been told. We really haven't experienced OG Wells at all, outside of that flashback episode where we saw him with uh, his girlfriend uh, together, and that sort of thing. So this is going to be a very different Wells than we've ever seen. Um... Uh, Yeah, I just wonder how they're going to incorporate him with the team. Because now there are a lot of questions. Because he's the owner of Star Labs. But Barry has been the owner of Star Labs for ages. And uh, the world sees Wells as a villain. As the man that killed Barry's uh, mother. Because remember, um, Eobard confessed to that. So that's why Wells has been a villain or at least uh people have been skittish of wells in the most recent seasons you know that's why the Wellses have had to use like the face thing and that sort of thing to um be accepted by Central city Now we have O G Wells back though so what does that mean? How are they going to fix that? uh will he want to work with the team? if I'm not mistaken this Wells is even before the Star Labs team existed. So this Wells, I don't even think, has a relationship with, like, Cisco, or Caitlin, or any of them. So it's, it is kind of like when we have had a brand new Wells appear out of nowhere and have to develop a relationship with people. The difference here, though, the wrinkle, is that this is a Wells that actually had a life on this Earth. And it's like, how is he going to fit in? How is he going to put his life back together after 10, 15, 20 years of of sort of being dead in the ground? And um, my hope is that we find out exactly how he came back. Like, we need a legitimate, real explanation. And maybe that's where Camille is going to come in, because she can read emotions and she can sense truths out of people. Maybe, because clearly we don't have Cisco who would have been able to have um, vibed him and gotten all the answers. Um, He says,
0: keep saying Camille. Do you mean Cecile?
2: Oh, sorry, because he said Uh, Camille. That was my
0: bad. I'm so sorry about that. Sorry.
2: He said Camille, and then I was like, is that her name? I was
0: confused this whole time.
2: I was confused. Did I
0: miss a character?
2: (laughs) I was confused too, but then I was like, maybe I was wrong. But then I was like, why have we never put two and two together that we have a Camilla and a Camille? On the damn show. So anyway, so maybe Cecile, sorry, Camille, wherever you are, um, maybe Cecile will be the one that that kind of gives us the exposition. Because I do need to know. We need a 100% answer as to how he's back. A lot of people are also saying that he might be Eobard. Um, I don't think it is. Uh, There was like a tease where I think the showrunner said Eobard will be back or something like that. I don't think they're going to pull the Eobard card this fast. Uh, I think this is legitimately the OG Wells. Oh, and the professor, I didn't answer this question. Um, You said, what does it feel like after losing all the Wells's is? I mean, they made a big thing of that. They made a big thing of that at the end of the previous episode. They made a big thing of that at the start of this episode. So it it is a tiny bit kind of cheap to bring him back so soon. This would have been, in essence, the penultimate episode of the season. So we do need kind of like a shocking thing. So it does fit in with like the shocking thing. Um, But it is kind of a little bit too soon. Like, I think... um, Maybe this was an idea that they would have had for the start of the, um, of, the, uh, of the actual Season 7. So maybe we wouldn't have seen him in the final two episodes. And so maybe this might be one of those things where like seasons are colliding, and Season 6 and Season 7 are officially colliding, and maybe that's why they're doing it. Um, yeah, so I, I guess that's my whole take on it. I am excited, though. Tom Kavanaugh still has a job.
1: Yay. Well, that's good. Uh, Demetri, what were your thoughts on uh, the reintroduction of uh, the original Harrison Wells? I'm so
0: excited for this. We've been dealing with these ratchet, caricaturized Wellses for a few seasons now. I, I really just want to see Wells back to his original glory. And part of the magic of the first season was we were thinking, Wells is awesome, except for the fact that he's evil, And I wonder if this is just going to be the best of both worlds. Or we'll have a Wells who can truly be a mentor to Barry, um, who's dealing with the fallout of what he's done, who's sort of a guiding light for the team um, without, you know, secretly wanting to kill Barry. Um, So I, I do think there's a lot of opportunity here to have another serious Wells character I think you know you can actually fully use Tom Cavanaugh's acting chops, no ratchet French action accents, no overdone, not truly comical derping, just a real Harrison Wells. Don't fuck this up, writers
1: yeah my gut feeling as to you know the why you know again i was sort of thinking to myself uh, as jeff was saying is this something that would have happened at the beginning of season seven um you know and this is you know sort of the merging of the seasons kind of like you know collapsing the universes um but it feels to me like the reason it happened when it did was because of what barry had just done you know deactivating the speed force which had the consciousnesses of all the wells in it uh you know and then barry got hit by the lightning and then uh you know uh this is this may mean nothing or it may be tied into it but you know i mentioned that you know the wells was created from little glowing green dots well what did barry pull out of uh um eva uh when he was fighting her uh little glowing green dots so Mm -hmm. maybe it's the idea that you know the the council of wells inside the speed force is trying to create someone uh to help out because we have seen that sort of manifestation of the original version of the speed force it sort of had a personality and agency. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm kind of hoping we get a slow, like this was just the reveal of him there. I I certainly don't hope he shows up to save the day next episode or anything like that. I, I hope we get more of a uh, a slow reveal of uh, of this Harrison wells and, and what his deal is uh, but I'm looking I'm certainly you know um, you know I think it gives me more Tom Cavanaugh uh, I love it and I really do like the idea of going back to the original uh, Harrison wells and and finding out you know what his deal is especially you know and the other reason why I think that it has to be some sort of manifestation of the Council of Wells uh, doing that is otherwise if he is you know what 15 16 20 years out of date I mean the first time he sees an iPhone he's going to lose his mind I know, um, right? So just, just getting so caught up. You know, what is that? It's a television, but why is it so big and flat? Okay, yeah. we get it. You're old.
2: Because also he legitimately um, doesn't we... know about metahumans as well. So he needs well, exactly, something to yeah. catch him up on everything.
1: Uh, so before we go into the MVP section, were there any little beats or Easter eggs you wanted to bring up?
2: I do. It was a tiny little moment, but I I liked it because it gave uh, Cecile or Camille uh, something to do. I feel
1: terrible about that.
2: I know, right? And you got me saying it. Um, I loved her moment with uh, Allegra. It was teeny tiny... It was it, it was just a, a moment, but it was like a real human moment. Even though it was, you know, it showed us a human using her superpowers to, uh, you know, try to get where, try to understand what another human was going through. But it was a nice raw moment of of emotion, where she was, you know, she gave a little bit of her backstory to try to connect with Allegra to like help her cope with this loss, and we got a little bit more of Allegra as well, I think we all sort of wondered why she was so gruff with Nash, and we got a little bit more of an explanation of that, Um, I I do wish we would have gotten that just a tiny bit more before, because it would have been nice to have seen them actually form a connection, Um, but it it was just a nice little emotional scene, and uh, it worked for me, they used uh, Cecile really well in that moment.
1: Yeah, this uh, isn't an I, I, Easter egg Oops.
0: Oh, sorry. I was just
1: going to say why Jeff is wrong. I just thought the no, whole no, I, I was, will always allow you to talk about why Jeff's wrong. Go ahead.
0: For sure, yeah. Um, it's just so contrived. Allegra and Nash interacted for, like, all of three episodes. And Cecile's like, you know, the ones we love, they never truly leave us. Like, that's something to tell Barry after his father is murdered. That's like... What... They, No, no, not like, I I get that it was a, a nice moment between the two characters, but the whole baggage that's supposed to be hovering over it was so unbelievable, it killed it for me.
2: Oh, well you're wrong, because it wasn't a whole three episodes, it was like the whole damn season. Number two, Allegra is a series regular now, so she is gonna have to interact more with the team, and three, Cecile and Allegra worked together. So it made sense that she would be there for her girl. So
1: I disagree with you. I thought it was a nice little moment. My weird little takeaway was that Cecile had that moment with Allegra saying, you know, and she was talking about, I have my, uh, you know, my grandfather's file cabinet, my mom's uh, briefcase. And, you know, later in the episode, when I saw uh, Allegra show up with Nash's you know, belt around her shoulders. I was thinking, does this mean she's going to be wearing this all the time now? But no, she was just there as part of the Babel protocol. It just did seem a little odd to me that, you know, she was going to be doing that. This isn't really an Easter egg so much as an outstanding question that, you know, they, they really swept under the, the, the carpet in this episode, which is how did Allegra get that email? They sort of explained it, kind of, but not they really. They didn't. No, <laughs> she, she just waved it away. I can't even begin to explain how it happened. And they never addressed it again. If they don't address that in the next episode, that is like a huge what the fuck moment?
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that they 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 tried they set a line, but then it did like they moved on, so they didn't really focus on it. Um, yeah, I hope that we get an answer to that. Uh, it made sense from uh, sort of uh Iris's point of view in the mirrorverse that she was able to sort of uh do it. Period, like to just to get a message out to um, Camilla, and and sing uh, because she explained that she is sort of acclimating and she is you know she's able to she's like in tune with it and that kind of thing. But the fact that um, that Allegra was able to receive it and read it, and um, I, I think it was a storyline thing because they added that additional. Uh, wrinkle that you have to know where a person is exactly in the mirror verse to save them. I, I think it was just that, but I, I do think that that's a plot thread that needs an answer as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only way I can possibly explain how Allegra came up with the message is that, you know, if Iris was using, you know, her personal email and Allegra, for some reason, was in Iris' email um you know and was looking through her sent mail folder and oh look at that uh but it just sort of popped up on her screen it just yeah it felt really weird to me well so, it, it didn't uh, pop up yeah.
2: it looked like the the computer was on snooze
1: and like she moved oh, good it good point so it could have been a mirror of what iris was doing maybe hey, that, oh. you might just have had you might just have headcanoned that.
2: You know what? You and I think there's actual proof of that because remember when they went into the speed lab, there was all that all those contraptions that Barry and and the the exactly. advanced it stuff? was a
1: mirror yeah. of the so what was happening uh, everything that was being populated in the mirrorverse. I think yes, I think that is a little bit of headcanon. Yeah, well but we explained us. it. Yeah, look at it. And as credit uh, Jeff, you get to go first in the MVP section. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a carriage has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So, Jeff, choose wisely. Thank you. And y'all poo-pooed him, but I'm gonna give it to Barry. I
2: really loved what Grant Gustin did in the episode. I do co-sign. If this would have gone on for multiple episodes, it would have been too much. But for what we got in this episode, I thought Grant Gustin handled it really, really well. And and as I said earlier, you know, getting the different shades of Grant Gustin as an actor last week was a little bit more comical. I know that y'all weren't really keen on the, the moment that we got the comedy, but it was a little comical and he got the chance to play around. And this one, he was just um just emotionless and uh it was a different side of Barry it was in essence a villainous Barry this time he wasn't like a rabid zombie but he he was a villainous emotionless uh calculating Barry and i really enjoyed that i i loved seeing how the team was reacting to him and then you know clearly they had to take him down and uh, and that's what they did but um yeah I'm going to give it to Grant Gustin. I was just impressed by uh, his turn in this episode.
1: Dimitri, who was your MVP and why?
0: Got to give it to Cisco. Um, you know, his sort of rolling with Barry's super thinking, I think, was was interesting. Uh, debating who to save was interesting. And it's just good to see Carlos Valdez back so um, yeah, I think the perfect backdrop to what happened with Barry, uh, Barry's character this episode was Cisco reacting to him all the time. And I think that really drove the whole episode. So Cisco gets it for me.
2: Professor, is your MVP Camille?
1: You know what? I, I think I am going to give it to Camille just as an apology. I am so sorry, Danielle Nicolette. I apologize for getting your character's name wrong. Uh, I think you're great. You're wonderful. Uh you're uh you're an asset to the team. You're way too short for Joe, but uh, you know, you two look uh cute together in that <laughs> opening scene. Uh but yeah, me culpa, me Maxima Culpa, I just have uh Camille's and Camilla's on the brain. I think I, I rewatched the entire series of the uh, the Good Place uh, over the weekend, and there's a, a secondary character named Camilla in there. And I think I had Camilla on the brain. So, as my way of apologizing, Danielle and Nicolette, I apologize profusely.
0: Okay, well, so Camilla's now Camilla's a real sir. character.
1: Yeah, well, that's <laughs> just it. There's a Camilla, and there's a Camilla, and there's a Camille, and uh, yeah. So anyway, no, there's not a Camille. Bad. Not as bad as when I, you know, uh, called Millie by the wrong name for an entire episode. But I, anyway. Well, there was that. Uh, how would you rate this episode it on a scale is... of one to ten lightning bolts? The point system is allowed. I'm talking over you guys because I want this to end. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a ten, you may archive the episode in the Flash Museum. Dimitri, how would you rate the episode?
0: I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. Um... One of the strongest plots we've seen in a while. One of the most engaging episodes we've seen in a while. Good job, writers. Keep it up.
2: Jeff, how would you rate the episode? I'm going to give it an 8.5. Uh, I enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed it a little bit more than I did the previous episode. Uh, clearly, it's setting things up for what's to be, it's going to be weird to say, an, an explosive, hopefully, season finale. Uh, it, it'll be the third episode of season seven, but clearly it's the, the whatever they had planned for the season finale uh, for season six. And I'm here for it. As a penultimate episode, it worked for me.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I'll agree with Jeff. I I, I did enjoy it. I thought it was, uh, you know, the uh, the CG was a little janky at times. But, uh, you know, character-wise, it was really interesting, um, you know, raised some interesting questions. And, you know, we got Cisco back in the mix. So we've got Cisco and Frost for uh, for the final battle, which uh, is how it should be, uh, notwithstanding the fact that Dimitri wants her dead. Uh, so <laughs> join us next time for a brand new installment of The Central City Citizen. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
2: Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just
1: search for The Central City Citizen and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts. Please wish the listeners a good night starting with Dimitri. Good night, Central City. Wake up, Iris. And Jeff.
2: Have a good night Central City and the Mirrorverse And I'll just add this as a little thing Uh, You know Dimitri Yelled at the TV screen when Barry Created that uh, cocktail In like 10 seconds You know Dimitri was like oh she's going to be sidelined For a couple more episodes
1: Thanks for tuning in Download new episodes Of the Central City Citizen every Thursday Via Apple Podcasts, Google Play And the Poppy Papajula Radio Archives Good night